Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is Monday, and you know what that means. It's 7 p.m. We are in the beautiful studios in downtown Port Ritchie, Florida, and it is time for 62 Who Knew, our 18th episode. That's amazing. 18 weeks we're on. Good and, job. Uh, yeah, thank you. And, of course, we have our co-hostess with the mostest, Ms. Nada Cerrito, joining us tonight. Hi, everyone. And tonight is, uh, as I said in our little um, videos that we did today, uh, tonight's an exciting show. All of them are exciting, in my opinion, but, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may be a little biased. But uh, I heard this uh, person talk, this professional speak, um, about a month ago in a financial planning association meeting, and I... I I just loved everything she said. This is a large part of our show tonight is going to be centered around women in the financial world. Um, as I said uh, earlier in my video, if in fact uh, uh, our women viewers should enjoy this. If you have daughters, whether you're a mom or a dad, if you have daughters, they should enjoy this. Uh, there's something very uh, relevant about what we're going to talk about. But before we get to our guests, as usual, uh, let me thank everybody for watching our show last week. Uh, once again, we were above 21,000 viewers. We just keep growing every week, and I thank our, our audience and our great guests for that. And uh, this week, we're going to break the record. But thank you to Ms. Carol Sherido, who was on last night. So for those of you that are new viewers, uh, the whole purpose of the 62 Who Knew television show is basically to describe or to actually detail that double-edged sword, or if you will, the mixed blessing of longer lifespans. Uh, no matter what you feel about retirement, no matter what you do for a living, the truth of the matter is longer lifespans is changing the way we think and the way we live. Um, medical breakthroughs, scientific breakthroughs in the last 20 to 30 years are unprecedented, just unprecedented, with so many forms of cancer being curable. Um, of course, uh, the, the terrible thing of AIDS being curable. There's just so many things. Now when you get sick in your 70s or 80s, you usually don't die. If you've been taking care of yourself and you have proper coverage, you're going to make it to 90 and 95. So to actually get to 62 and go, oh my God, Half the time I've been here, I'm still going to be alive for another 25 to 30 years. Well, that's an unbelievable reality. So who knew at 62 uh, that you would live this long? And who knew how expensive it would be to live this long with a quality of life? And that's what we talk about on 62 Who Knew every week, whether we're talking about Social Security or long-term care insurance or life insurance or um, immediate annuities for income, uh, in-home care, health. Every week we do something different to talk about how we can go from 62 to 90 or 95 and have a high quality of life. So that's what 62 Who Knew is about. So without any further uh, ado, I wanted to, I want to introduce tonight's guest. I, I always have a bio, and I don't read the whole bio because I would usually do my, uh, my very professional guests um, a disservice by just mechanically reading something. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself. But tonight our guest is Dr. Laura Mattia. Uh, Dr. Mattia is a PhD, an MBA, and a CFP, which is a Certified Financial Planner. That's how we met. Um, she is also um, the Raymond James Financial Planning Director at the University of South Florida. That's going to be something we talk about in the last segment. She is doing something amazing with young people. Um, what I think is amazing uh, in, in the University of South Florida that I definitely want to discuss. And she wrote, an, wrote 
Eh. She wrote an incredible book uh, called Gender on Wall Street, Uncovering Opportunities for Women in Financial Services. And when I listened to her presentation, as I said about a month ago in an FPA meeting, I was kind of enthralled by the things she was bringing up. So I would like to introduce to you Dr. Laura Matia. How are you? Hi, Laura. Thank you, Micah. Hi, Micah. Hi, Nita. Hi. It's a wonderful life, right? It, it, it really is. Um, if we don't run out of money, it really is, yes. Um, so tell us, um, before we go into what we're really going to talk about, um, you know, you're a certified financial planner, you're a PhD, you are a director of an, an incredible platform at USF that I want to talk about later. Um, and of course, you wrote this incredible book, which I'm sorry I don't have here, I should, but we are going to put the book up on the screen in a little while and tell people how to get it. But what made you, I mean, what was the motivation to look into women in the financial world, into this gender difference. How, how did you get there? Uh, well, th there's actually a, a fairly long circuitous story, and maybe I could give you just a little bit of it, because I, I want to tell you that this is what I'm doing right now, but I don't know what I'm going to be doing 10 years from now. I really enjoy uh, continuing to grow and learn and become, and find new ways that I want to live my life. But I actually started out years ago, I was, my undergraduate degree was psychology. I was working um, in various fields and decided I wanted to go back to school. I got the MBA in accounting and finance, worked in corporate finance for many years. I was a controller and a CFO, um, even worked on Wall Street. But I always knew that I wanted to marry my uh, need to work with people and my financial acumen, and I decided to become a personal financial planner. So when I actually went in this direction, I found that a lot of women would approach me. Mm -hmm. Even when I was working in corporate finance, women would approach me, because I was one of the very few women, even in the corporate, you know, we're talking about women as financial advisors in my book, primarily. Mm -hmm. But even in the corporate world, there aren't a lot of women that are CFOs and controllers and yeah. uh, working in those types of roles. So women would come to me and say, gee, you know, I have a 401k. I don't know what to do about it. Or I'm currently going through a divorce and I need help with a property settlement. Or mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm in credit trouble. I have too much debt and I need to get... But they would, they would come to me and ask me for help. And I found um, that I really enjoyed working with them because they were truly looking for responsible guidance, yeah. they were looking to learn. I enjoyed that. And so then when I went into the personal finance arena, I continued to work a lot with women. Um, started working with women first going through divorce. I found that very, very There's difficult. a lot of those. Yep, it's, it's really difficult. It's, it's hard to imagine how people treat each other when they were once in love and they got married and now it's not they're... hard with us. We, we don't have to... You know, no. <laughs> I've been divorced it's, twice, it's, so I know. Okay, it can be very, very um, yeah. frustrating. So I don't do that work as much anymore, but mm -hmm. I still do find that uh, women tend to be attracted to me because they know that I'm going to explain... Uh, yeah, I'm not just going to tell them what to do, that I'm going to explain to them the pros and the cons of their decisions. I'm going to help them understand so they feel like they have some autonomy, some control over their future. And I, and I enjoy working that way. So, so I started working with individuals. So, so my story is turning into 
longer than I even That's meant. okay. We can do a marathon like a Jerry Lewis thing. Uh, so I started working with um, women consumers mm -hmm. who were looking for good, responsible guidance and started looking around and saying, well, where are all the other female financial advisors? Why are there not more female financial advisors? Mm -hmm. And uh, started understanding that that even there there was a problem and Absolutely. through the work that I was doing teaching um, whether I was teaching corporate finance or personal finance the, the numbers are still very low in terms of enrollment there well look at, the, meet, look at the meeting where we met I mean there was 30 people in the room and there was three women not you know, including you I mean that there it is there's a little microcosm yeah. of the world and that's wrong in the financial world of I think psychologically if I was a woman I really would want to do business with another woman why not they would understand well, there, more. There's, a, there's a certain feeling of comfort I think uh, yes especially in financial services um, a lot of women feel that they they were not paying attention they don't completely understand mm -hmm. they're intimidated to ask questions are you more comfortable doing business with women in the financial world? With I mean, are you more comfortable, let's say, in your mortgage life, talking to a, a high-powered, you know, realtor that's a female rather than male? What are you more comfortable with? I don't know. I I think it just really depends on the person, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I do find that women do tend to gravitate towards me, mm -hmm. kind of like she she does. Right. Yeah. Um, they seem to. I think they just bond with you easier than yeah. an, another man. It's less threatening. Absolutely. Um, I think it's just a lot easier to talk to another woman to woman than I can, I can see that. You know, and I think sometimes men, maybe in that position, can be a little intimidating. You're being I mean, polite, I, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they yeah. they. I, Most I men just, are rude to begin with, so if they have a lot of power, that's just life. Yeah, yeah. As you get older, you realize you're in the area. You know, well, the men are rude. Most men are rude. I don't think they always realize it. They don't have the patience yeah. to really explain. And you know, women want to feel like they're engaged. They want to be. They don't want to just be told what to do. They yeah. want to be part of the decision process. And I mean, that's just even. It's been shown through various pieces of research that mm. they they are more collaborative collaborators yeah they like to be um they want to check and they want to hear okay dana what do you think and michael what do you think and yeah. they want to they want to discuss it uh, they don't want to just come up with the all right just do this yeah. they, they want no that's what are the pros what are the cons what are the risks yeah. i do find that women tend to make a decision quicker once they have all the information than men do they're not as wishy-washy that's a lot of times that's interesting. So, I don't know huh? if you feel that too. Um, I, I guess, yeah, I, sometimes I think that once they have all the facts and they know what they want to do, um, sometimes men will make decisions and I, I don't even know what facts they're using to make this. Yeah, men's make, <laughs> most men make gut decisions that are too quick. You know, I, most of my mistakes in life were based on that gut decision without all the information. And, oh, we got to go to a break. I didn't know I over I overplayed. Hold on one second, and we'll be right. Well, not one second. Three minutes, and we'll be right back. Wendy, that loves going to the dentist. I am Dr. B. At Dr. B Pediatric Dentistry, we understand the individuality of each child. And they also teach us 
how to take care of our teeth. And offer an exceptional and gentle dental care experience for all children. With our laser procedures, we are able to provide gentler treatments and faster healing time. Come meet Dr. B's. Call Dr. B's Pediatric Dentistry today. Hi, my name is Mike Banner, and in addition to being the host of the 62 Who Knew television show, I am also the president of Professional Mortgage Alliance, where our passion is helping seniors entering retirement purchase their dream retirement home without the obligation of a monthly principal and interest payment. Please call me at 727-224-3859 or visit my website at professionalmortgagealliance.com. My name is Lisa Marie Kennedy, your real estate expert here in the Sarasota Lakewood Ranch Bradenton area. I spent years developing myself, studying the industry so I can serve you and communicate with you the best way possible in your real estate transaction. My phone number is 941-807-2054 or please visit my website at lisamariekennedy.com. And we're back talking to Dr. Laura Mattia uh, about the discrepancies or at least the differences in, in gender in the financial services world. Now, when I saw you uh, the first time, uh, of course, you had the benefit of your PowerPoint presentation and now you don't. There were many fields that women were, were catching up or equal to in legal, medical. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because there's been great strides there. Well, yeah, oh, yes, in many fields there have been great strides. Fifty uh, percent of attorneys, doctors, pharmacists, fifty-five percent of pharmacists, wow. and fifty percent of accountants are women. Um, it's really financial services where there's a problem. It's somewhere in the neighborhood, and the reason why I'm being kind of wishy-washy is that it depends what numbers you look at. But it's really one out of six financial advisors are women. Okay. So there seems to be. Um, some real issues here that go beyond uh, that, that are actual cultural that they're embedded in the culture but 
I, I do want to say something, if, if I can, um, what we were talking about during Absolutely break. Absolutely. I, I just want to say that um, I just want to help encourage more women to get in the industry. I think that we can all benefit, both women and men. I'm not looking to take over the world. <laughs> I'm not looking to bash men. The problem with women not participating in the financial services arena is it's not the men's fault. This is a historical uh, Culturally, we've developed over many, many years where women simply did not participate in financial decisions as consumers or as financial advisors. And so it was an environment with, that grew without women participating. And so we can't blame the men for for the way the culture is. The culture just is the way it is. But what I'm trying to do is help the women identify what's going on in the culture that could potentially get in their way, create obstacles, and help them work through that. Give us an example, if you would, of a few of those obstacles. Well, okay, so um, <laughs> the, the, the big conversation, which I really even don't like bringing up, this whole Me Too movement thing. Yeah. Um, uh, what seems to have occurred is that there are situations now where men are saying, well, I don't know if we want to invite the woman colleague out to lunch or out for cocktails after work. Meanwhile, I'm trying to tell women all my career, I kept my, my head down at my desk. I worked during lunch. If I stayed late, it was only because I had a lot of work. Because I had children at home. I had to run home. And I'm telling women, no, you need to participate. You need to go for coffee. You need to go for lunch. You need to go out for drinks. Because, yes, they're talking about football. They're talking about fishing. They're talking about things you're not interested in, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But they're also building rapport. They're building a relationship. They're developing trust with each other. So now when you're back at work and there's a new assignment or there's a new project, who are people going to choose to work with? They're going to choose the people that they feel like they know, the people that they trust. Mm -hmm. So something that basic, you know, trying to tell women it's part of your job. You need to go out and and develop these relationships. Yeah, which is, you know, the sports thing and the going out and drinking and whatever. I'm not man man bashing either. That commonly has been looked at as man stuff, not just on Wall Street, not just in the financial world, but in any world. Hey, you know, we're playing poker tonight. We're going to do this. We're going to shoot guns, whatever. You know, that is very historical. You know, it really is. It's hundreds of years old. Um, It's hard to combat, and it's hard to change those type of things when when they're that deep into society. It is hard, but that's why I'm trying to encourage them. Just go, I mean, look, you don't have to drink. Maybe, I mean, I've actually gone to a bar and ordered a martini, mm-hmm. which was water with an olive in it. Yeah. That's and it looks like I was participating, enjoyed myself just as much, but, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. in the mood to drink that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are things you can do, but to try to just fit in. Yeah, but you were there, and if uh, somebody was thinking of working with you, you were there that they actually thought of you, as opposed to behind your desk. Right, right. Another thing, um, telling, making sure that people are very, very clear on what you stand for, who you are, what's important to you, what your objectives are, what your goals are, what yeah. you want out of work. Um, I had one situation I actually talk about in my book. A woman told me she was the best person for the job. It was an international assignment. 
uh, and she thought she was definitely going to be selected for the job. She was not. And she went to talk to her, her boss about it, and he told her that he was protecting her because of her children. Well, you know what? She did not have children, nor did she plan on having children. Wow. But because she was the quiet little girl, good little girl that sat in the corner and just got her work done, she just left it up for other people to make assumptions about who she was and what she wanted to do. So, you know, we have to be very, very clear on what we're, you know, what our goals are and what we want out of our job. And that's true for everybody, I think, men and women, because, you know, if you don't make your goals clear, people are going to revert back, male or female, to whatever stereotype they think you fit into, and that's what they're going to assume you are. And it could be yes. extremely far from the truth. Right. Yeah. yeah, mental heuristics. We use it all the time. We talk about it in behavioral finance, how people use shortcuts to make decisions. Mm-hmm. It's Nobody means any harm. Yeah. Right? It's just the way we operate. We, we just try to find the quickest way to a decision. What uh, have you seen? When did the book get published? July. The end of July. Has there been an uptick, you know, in the last decade when you were doing your research from book or for the book the last 10 or 20 years on women in financial services? You said it's about 16% well, now. I, I, unfortunately, it, it, that's, it's been very stubborn to change. Really? It's been this way for a long time. Um, when I, I'm a CFP. Um, we currently, our numbers are 23% of all CFPs are women. It's a slightly higher percentage right. there. Uh, it's been 23% for for probably almost a decade now. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it, it is stagnant. I would think it would be going up. Right. A lot of the academics are getting CFPs, even mm-hmm. if they don't, they're not practitioners. They get a CFP because they're teaching mm-hmm. the next grade, a financial planner. Right. So um, you would think that it was going up, but we don't see that. And we don't see as many women entering into the industry. So that's one of the problems is, first of all, making sure that women understand the opportunity to come yeah. into the industry. But then there's also the problem of once they're in the industry and they get frustrated and they leave. Yeah, because it's the old boys club, like a lot of things. You can't right. blame them for getting frustrated. Right. So, so that's one of the reasons why I guess I was inspired to talk a little bit about what are some of these challenges is to identify them for women because when i started working in finance for years i thought there was something wrong with me everyone said oh laura you're smart you can do this you can do that you can do whatever you want i got out there and wasn't necessarily successful Mm -hmm. all the time and so i thought there must be something wrong with me and it was only years later that i realized Oh, that's what was going on. This is part of the unconscious bias and the stereotypes and things that I didn't even realize were happening because I thought we were past it, but we're not. And so I'm a big believer in trying to call a spade a spade so you know how to deal with something. Unconscious bias is something that's uh, been discussed in the news, I think, the last, I think, few years, more than it has since the the beginning of of humanity. And there's a few ways to look at that because it's used in racism. Um, it's used in a lot of ways, unconscious bias. Um, and what's so dangerous about that, quite frankly, is 
the term itself. I have no problem with it. But how do you fix something that's unconscious? If you know, you know, don't step in that puddle, your foot could get wet, you walk around the puddle. But if it's an unconscious bias that's been put into you generation after generation, how do you really solve it? It's unconscious. By definition, you don't identify it. It just happens. It's very dangerous. Precisely. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's really, and it's to all wakes of life. It's with color and race. Um, right. It does affect us negatively in, in most And there, there are a lot of situations, I mean, uh, uh, most of us have it, oh, yeah, to some degree or not. There's a little riddle that I've used a couple of times where I've, I've told the story, and the story boils down to there's a question of who is the Wall Street executive? Mm-hmm. Well, the father was dead. In the middle, I start out by explaining the father is dead. Okay. So, but it's it's a parental figure, and so people have so much trouble answering this. And when I say people, I mean women. Mm-hmm. I mean women that are you know we're sitting in a discussion talking about women and money. Um, some of the women, one woman that had trouble with it, she was actually a sex and gender um, study uh, mm-hmm. uh, degree person. So. There are these types of questions come up, and we don't even realize that they're tainted. And they'll say, "Oh, well, you know, is is the Wall Street executive? Is it a brother? Are they gay? You know, what? what they'll have all these contorted Before explanations they think it's of how it could work. And all of a sudden, somebody will say, "Oh, it's a woman," but that's not what they see in their head. I didn't hear you, um, John. I'm sorry. Say that again. One minute to break. Okay. Yeah, it really is. The, the, our preconceived notions of yep. life are sometimes a good thing, but I'd have to say in most cases are a bad thing. You know, our preconceived notions. I mean, there's some great things. Love your children. I mean, there are some great preconceived notions. You know, protect everybody's children. I've always said if, if the world just had a law that you had to protect everybody's children, it doesn't make a difference what race, what color, what creed, what religion. If you didn't protect innocent children, you go to prison. We probably end prejudice pretty quickly. Just protect the children. They're innocent. But yeah, these preconceived notions that are out there uh, as the world is uh, expanding, especially through social media, is kind of strangling us a little. I want to talk. Go ahead. They were planted in our heads from the time we were born. We don't even realize it. Yeah. And uh, all right, we'll go into a break and then we're going to come back and talk about what you're doing with the college, which I think is incredible. At Dr. B Pediatric Dentistry, we understand the individuality of each child. And they also teach us how to take care of our teeth. And offer an exceptional and gentle dental care experience for all children. With our laser procedures, we are able to provide gentler treatments and faster healing time. Call Dr. B's Pediatric Dentistry today. Hi, my name is Mike Banner, and in addition to being the host of the 62 Who Knew television show, I am also the president of Professional Mortgage Alliance, where our passion is helping seniors entering retirement purchase their dream retirement home without the obligation of a monthly principal and interest payment. Please call me at 727-224-3859 or visit my website, at ProfessionalMortgageAlliance.com.
Hi, my name is Lisa Marie Kennedy, your real estate expert here in the Sarasota Lakewood Ranch Bradenton area. I spent years developing myself, studying the industry so I can serve you and communicate with you the best way possible in your real estate transaction. My phone number is 941-807-2054 or please visit my website at lisamariekennedy.com. Hi, we're back with Laura. Laura, I wanted to ask you, you are, let's see, I got to put my glasses on. Um, you, you are with the Raymond, or you're the director for Raymond James Personal Financial Planning Program at the University of South Florida. Boy, that's a mouthful. Right, yeah. And <laughs> so, a lot of people think I work for Raymond James. I don't work for Raymond James. Are oh, they? Raymond James paid for my chair. Is, okay. so, so they helped fund the program. Okay, that's what I figured. They're kind of like a sponsor of the program or something. Right. They probably right. have first dibs at their students. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> do they get first dibs at the students for paying for your chair? Well, I mean, they do get a lot of access to the students they also come and participate in a lot of um different projects and little side boot camps and different things that we run they've been very supportive so john paid for uh, and they're in our backyard here (laughs) so well tell us a little bit about that program then what is um it's an actual degree that they earn and i don't think they had that when i went to school of a personal financial planner so tell me about that how is it different from the other degrees and what you know, how is it different? Yes. So personal financial planning as a degree has been an evolving, uh, personal financial planning, of course, has been evolving in itself, the occupation, becoming more and more a profession as time goes on. A lot of people still view financial planners as those people that sell me a product. They sell me a life insurance product or they, they maybe work at a brokerage and they just, you know, find, you know, sell me some stocks or bonds. But not, that's not the case as much anymore financial planners are trained to look at people holistically and comprehensively mm-hmm. uh, understanding what the individual's goals are where they are in their life cycle what what their current um, situation is and help them uh, resolve those situations again in a more comprehensive nature not just um, specifically focused on one one particular area so somebody might come to a financial planner looking for help with investment advice and before you know it they're talking about we're talking also well what about your insurance do you have the right insurance do you have what about your estate plan so we're looking at um all different aspects you know uh, what kinds of life insurance what kind of homeowners insurance um is there an opportunity to take equity out of the home do you need an annuity do what do you need so it's very comprehensive, which requires knowledge. Absolutely. It's not something that, that you can just pick up overnight. And our program has seven classes, um, each dedicated. One is just a fundamentals foundational class. We then have investments, taxes, um, retirement, estate planning, and an overall capstone class to um, where they actually put together a financial plan. Huh. And it's uh, really intended to set them up. It's registered with the CFP board. Mm-hmm. So once they've gotten a degree in personal financial planning, they can sit for, for the CFP exam. Okay, straight out of college. Straight out of college. They're qualified. Oh, that's Doesn't awesome. mean that they don't 
they still have to study because right. it's oh, right. not an exam. Well, you know, I, I think that's incredible because there's, you know, the one of the biggest problems in the financial world that everybody discusses, whether it's uh, CFPs or insurance agents or mortgage professionals, is we're, this is terrible, but we're aging out. Um, everybody wants to get out of school the last 20 years and use their index finger on their mouse and technology. Um, you know, you're, I don't know what the average financial planner is, but you're 59. Average, how much? 59. Wow. 59? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, I didn't so know that. So financial advisors are get, all getting ready to retire. Yeah, then what? Yeah. There's nobody to fill. So, so there's a tremendous need. Yeah, there is. I mean, what an opportunity. Um, your class, your, your degree is giving to people. Again, again, it still gets back, and I I'm, I'm always have tunnel vision. We're all living so much longer that if you don't have professional help, you, you really better get used to in your old age being a real estate agent or a mortgage person or standing in front of Walmart going, do you need a car? Because only 1% of the country has enough money to live to be 90. You need that financial pro right. I wonder why kids today aren't, I mean, we have a very intelligent generation right now. We really do. Some people make fun of the, uh, of the millennials. I'm one of them. Um, you know, to a degree, I think they're a little entitled, and that's okay. Yes, but they, they are. also are quite brilliant. Why aren't they realizing the potential of being in a financial uh, field when the world is going to be living to 100 soon? It's a field that well, will never go away. They actually are. I, is it so growing? So this program, we've been around now. Um, we started last fall, mm -hmm. and we already have over 70 students and counting. And mm -hmm. so, so the students do recognize that there are jobs. They are good-paying jobs. They are satisfying jobs because we can really make a difference in people's lives. And Absolutely. you're right. I mean, with, with all these people retiring right now, in, historically, when people retired, they had employers that gave them a pension, mm -hmm. and their employer was responsible for investing it and protecting mm -hmm. it and making sure that there was an income stream. Now, people, individuals are held responsible. They need to figure out how to protect it. They need to figure out how to grow it. They need to figure out how to create a, an income stream from it. And they don't have a clue on how to do that. No, yeah. not, I won't even say most people. I'll say the great, great majority of people don't, even if they're a high professional. I don't care if you're a brain surgeon. They, they don't usually know what to do with their money for 30 or 40 years so one day they can retire. That, that's a, a specialty yeah. all in its own. So, so my clients, most of my clients, so I, I still work in the industry. Um, mm. And I like, I always want to stay plugged into the profession because I like coming into class and telling my students, you know, let me tell you about last week. Um, mm. It's always, it, it's a great way of connecting with them and bringing, making it live. But um, my clients tend to be CEOs from corporations. In fact, I have two, um, two top clients from top brokerage houses. I mean, executives senior executives from brokerage house. so do they know finance of course they do yeah but but they don't necessarily trust themselves That's or right. all aspects of it yeah. they rather have somebody else manage it for them so even people that should you would think should know still mm -hmm. need Guidance. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You were starting to say something. Oh, no, I was just saying, people don't realize that nowadays you got to have your own personal pension plan, basically, yeah. if you want to retire right. You know, so they need to save, they need to know where to put it, and they need the guidance to do it. So I think it's very important. I think it's a great thing that you're doing. If, if in fact, uh, any young people are watching or 
their parents or grandparents are watching and thinking, wow, this would be incredible. Would people get a hold of you um, at, uh, at Laura? I can't see it from here, even with my glasses. But, but at the, yeah. Laura at, at lauramattia.com. All right. Yes, but also you can contact me even at the university, which is okay. lauramattia at usf.edu. All right, cool. Because I, I, I would love, but if I could, if I had a time machine, and oh, could yeah. go back, you know, I won't say how many years we're not doing that right now. Um, God, I, you know, I, I would have had a lot more licenses than a mortgage license, and I'd want to be able to walk into someone's home and meet all their needs. I mean, I think that's an incredible job. I really do. Right. It's, it's not an easy job. I mean, when I think about all my education and all my knowledge, when I'm sitting there with a client and they have a somewhat even just normal situation, there are a lot of times where I second guess myself as, okay, I am, I have the power of helping this person's life be better or worse. I mean, it's a big responsibility. And so that's one of the things I really want my students to understand that, you know, the, the recommendations that you make can impact these people's lives, their families. Well, they will so. impact them, whether positive or negative. They will impact them. There's no doubt yes. about it. And it's not just the plan, but then you got to worry about the products within the plan to make sure that you're picking the proper products too. Because amongst the different things, there are many, many products within that one, like say insurance or annuities or you know, there's so many different types of annuities. You need to know all of that too, and it's hard. People don't realize how much education goes into that. And are they, is it implemented properly? Right. Yeah. But you can also implement these different products or strategies and not realize that you created damage in another aspect of your life if you didn't really understand the ramifications. Right. One of the things I've learned from a few of our guests on the show in the last 18 weeks and when I've traveled the country talking about reverse mortgages, because that's what I do, um, but then you get to meet other brilliant people like yourself who do other things. And it's amazing to me what I've learned the last few years, how many people take the first step and they create this great plan, but then they don't implement the plan. It's like, we got it, yep, it's done. And then a few years later, you got, how's it going? I don't know, I don't know what happened to that plan. Well, did you start it? No. You gotta actually fund the plan. Yeah, you gotta fund the plan. Um, isn't that amazing to me? I, I, that's amazing. It is amazing. And that's one of the reasons why I really am not one of those advisors that likes to just, here's your book and yeah. I, I usually work with them and I, I even, my preference in working with them is doling out bits of the plan. So, okay, we're going to look at this piece now and right. let's implement it. This piece, let's implement it and just keep circling back because, yeah, it, it, people get overwhelmed. Yes, they do. I, I can't tell you how many wills that I see that people don't sign the will. Yeah. They, they spent thousands of dollars, they went to an attorney. Mm -hmm. Had a will executed and they didn't sign it. Well, well, in, in our it. industry, I'll have sometimes people go, "Can we close in a trust?" And and yes, you can close a reverse mortgage in a trust. So they have the lawyer send the trust, and there's nothing in it. And then when I call back the lawyer, I go, "This is like a blank thing." They go, "Yeah, we created the trust three years ago. I've been asking them for three years to transfer assets to." It's just an empty trust, and I'll call the client. And I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not a certified financial planner. I'm, a, you know, I'm a reverse mortgage person. And, uh, and I'll go. You know, there's nothing in your trust. I go, no, we wrote the check to the lawyer. It's all done. I go. The trust is done. There's nothing in it. And that's amazing to me. How much? How many times that happens? 
a lot of times also we find, because um, I used to do insurance also, beneficiaries, wrong beneficiaries. Um, somebody was divorced and they still have their ex-wife or their ex-spouse well, on good, yeah. the beneficiary. So that's huge. That's really We huge. have found many, many wrong beneficiaries yeah, in the past. That's not good at all. I always make yeah. sure of that first. Uh, and, and that's also even uh, a situation where somebody will go into an investment, like a brokerage house, and they'll open up maybe an IRA or, or some kind of investment where they put a beneficiary on that account, but their will was executed differently. Um, and so really they just completely overrode yes. what was taken care of in their, their will. And that's why it, it pays to have somebody that really understands all the different facets. I think one of the things that's stopping young people at least the last five, six years, because I know I've had a couple of discussions with some younger financial planners who either, uh, oh, we only got 30 seconds left. Oh, that went fast. Um, when we come back, I'm going to quickly say what I think is stopping some people. But you ended your last speech when we met um, with a lot of people that were above the age of 55 and just changed the world and ended up being hugely successful. So we're going to end in that 62 Who Knew Grand style that one of the benefits of living that long is we can change our lives and be famous. Yep. All right, we'll be right back in just one minute. At Dr. B Pediatric Dentistry, we understand the individuality of each child. And they also teach us how to take care of our teeth. And offer an exceptional and gentle dental care experience for all children. With our laser procedures, we are able to provide gentler treatments and faster healing time. Come meet Dr. B. Call Dr. B's Pediatric Dentistry today. Hi, my name is Mike Banner, and in addition to being the host of the 62 Who Knew television show, I am also the president of Professional Mortgage Alliance, where our passion is helping seniors entering retirement purchase their dream retirement home without the obligation of a monthly principal and interest payment. Please call me at 727-224-3859 or visit my website at professionalmortgagealliance.com.
my name is Lisa Marie Kennedy, your real estate expert here in the Sarasota Lakewood Ranch Bradenton area. I spent years developing myself, studying the industry so I can serve you and communicate with you the best way possible in your real estate transaction. My phone number is 941-807-2054 or please visit my website at lisamariekennedy.com. <laughs> Hi, we're back, and it's the final episode. This goes too quick. It just does. And we were just saying to Laura on the break, uh, to me, this is a fantastic show. I hope there's young people watching or parents or grandparents, you know, watching and going, my God, this would be perfect for my son or my daughter. Um, they want to help people. There's technology involved, lots of technology. Um, but what I started to say before, and then we're going to go into true 62 who knew. And you're going to tell us and give some examples about people in the later part of their lives uh, reinventing themselves. But I just want to touch on for a second. I think a lot of people, young and old, but specifically young, in our, in our last great um, you know, recession of 2008 through 2012, 13, whenever it ended, you, know, you could be a financial planner in this country and be the most honest, most experienced. You had your people in General Motors. You had your people in Fannie Mae. I mean, these are the best stocks in the United States of America. And then they went bankrupt. So there is a big danger there that based on the economy, um, you could give people the best advice in the world and still everything can go south. And who are the clients going to blame? Not the economy, not Washington, D.C., but they are going to blame you, the financial planner. Right. But, but, but that's why we do talk about risk. Mm -hmm. It's not always just return. We are, we're always having conversations around risk. Mm -hmm. And what are the potentials for that risk? What's the probability for that risk? Yeah. And so when, even when I sit down with my clients, as I'm teaching my students, you need to talk to your yeah. clients about the risk. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an old joke, but I, I've seen it for years. A, a financial planner told me about it many years ago, and then we're going to switch topics. When everything's going well in the investments and the portfolio is growing, that's because the clients are brilliant and they had the guts to do what they wanted to do. When everything's going wrong, it's the financial planner's fault. <laughs> it's it. it's a, they're either the hero or they're not, but there's no in-between. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you, Michael, in 2008, my clients were hugging and kissing me. Mm -hmm. They they knew that I was protecting them and that they were, could have been in a lot worse condition Absolutely. if they weren't working with me. So you communicate with your clients and you, you educate them and you let them know what's going on. And, and that's what you do, communication, communication, yep. communication. Yep. All right, well, when we first met, um, you ended your, um, your, your presentation talking about people in their 50s and 60s that reinvented themselves and, uh, you know, and really famous people, too. So... Um, yeah, again, we're always talking about a little bit, a lot, actually, of the downside of longer lifespans and why don't you have your long-term care insurance and why didn't you do this? Uh, but there is some positive things to living to be 85, 90, and 90, uh, 95. You can do a lot of great things in those years. Would you mind giving us some of those examples uh, when I first met you? Absolutely, mentioned? yeah. By the way, I don't know what I'm doing when I grow up. <laughs> and, um, I have been working with a woman who's in her mid-70s who's, We've been working on goal setting and, and developing her next career. So it's, it's really, really inspiring and exciting when I see somebody like that. But, you know, if we just go down the list, so, you know, Martha Stewart didn't actually um, start her Martha Stewart for Living until she was 48. Um, Duncan Hines did not um, act, uh, 
I think he was around age 73 before he uh, licensed the right to use his name. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Ray Kroc had passed his 50th birthday before oh, he um, bought the first McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia Childs became, um, ha- had her first television debut for French Chef in her 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Colonel Sanders. Uh, uh, Colonel Sanders started um, his idea when he was 65 years old, believe it or not. That's when Kentucky uh, Fried Chicken started at 65 years old? Yes. That's yeah, amazing. That is amazing. Old. He, um, and he had uh, started that whole thing. Um, uh, Sam Walton from the Waltons yeah. uh, at Walmart, uh, uh, he started that, I think, when he was in his mid-40s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are, I mean, I'm starting to draw a blank. No, okay. I know yeah, one of my stories fr- of a woman that ran her first, first marathon when she was 82. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's stories out there which are just so inspiring and exciting. I don't remember his age, but I know he was up there. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield really didn't become a worldwide comedian till his upper 50s, or maybe I'm off a little. And he's one of my yeah. favorites. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. So there, there are benefits to longer life. Yes, we have more knowledge, right? Yeah, oh yeah. What's that cliche? What's that cliche? Knowledge is no wait a minute. Knowledge is power? No, not just knowledge is power. Something's wasted on the youth. What oh, oh, I'm, it's an old cliche and I <laughs> um I don't remember, but it'll come back to me. So but, I, okay. But that, that's like, so when I sit down with people and I, they come in and they want to talk about their retirement, do I have enough money for retirement? My first question is always, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do that makes you wake up every morning and click your heels together and say, it's a wonderful day and I'm, I can't wait to start? Mm-hmm. Because there are, it, it is a tremendous opportunity to live life more on your own terms mm-hmm. as opposed to what everybody told you to be doing the past, you know, 60 years. Absolutely. Do you, do you find that a lot of people that you ask that question to um, look at you and go, wow, I don't know. No one's ever asked that question before. Because yeah, that's a neat question. I have some people that will give me that, oh, I'm going to play golf. And I'll do, really? Every day? Yeah. All day long? Yeah. I, so I do um, sometimes get some people that will start, um, they'll be quizzical. But I have to tell you, the people that don't plan out something are usually um, not so successful in their retirement in terms of, achieving the happiness that they were really looking for. Absolutely. You can't just sit around and do nothing. It's, you're going to be bored, especially if you were doing something mm-hmm. for many years. And every survey and medical study in the world really says if you do sit around and do nothing, uh, even if that nothing is golf five days a week, but you're not being productive part of society, that it shortens lifespans. Mm-hmm. Every study says that, that getting up and having something to do is what keeps your brain going and your heart pumping. There's no way to get around it. Right. Uh, one of the dangers that they are finding is that people are unfortunately retiring. Um, not They're not volunteering to retire. Yes. They're being forced to retire earlier than they wanted to. And that's a big problem. Uh, well, that's, yeah. Yeah. that could be a show in itself because funding their retirement, bringing in younger people for a lot less salary, um, because they're looking for jobs that we could do a whole show on, uh, you know, why are people why are people being forced to retire when they're still great, still productive, still sharp as a tack? Um, 
because there's good reasons, but most of them are bad reasons, in my opinion, why people are forced to retire. Yes, yes. But uh, that's so that that's what we see a lot of people being forced to have to live off of Social Security because mm -hmm. they haven't properly prepared. And that, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, keep going. No, I, I was just talking about. So I don't know if you've talked much about like the tax implications. A lot of people don't understand that um, that the problem with taxes that they have saved money that it's sometimes not as much money as they. Right. We, it was. Yeah, we've lightly touched on that, but have never brought in an expert to talk about that. We also have lightly touched on really, you know, everybody when they're growing up, or at least in their 40, oh, we're going to get to 62, I'm going to get that nice Social Security check. You know, I've been paying in my whole life. It's about time I got some of it back. But in today's world, I know many people are making the decision to defer to 66 or 70 and keep working. I don't think many people realize they may not have an option. You just can't stop working at 62 like your grandfather did. We're living too long. Right. But it's possible you could live as long in retirement as you did working. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? That's, that, that is amazing. Well, I want to, uh, we're going to talk in just a few minutes about what's coming up in the next month. Um, do we have, uh, John, could we put up uh, Dr. Matias' book for a second? And there it is. Uh, I definitely recommend you reading this. Uh, I, I recommend women read this. I recommend fathers who love their daughters read this. Um, because you're right, they need to go after this. Because um, it's, what, it's, it's one of the last final frontiers. You said they're catching up in medical and legal and everything like that. Is that correct? Correct. All right. So if you want to get the book, um, go right to uh, the email um, on, the, uh, on, the, on the screen. Thank you so much for uh, being our guest. And uh, you there we me. go. That's great. Uh, no, I hope you'll come back uh, next year and do some great things with us. And um, there's no doubt Nate and I will, will come to you in Tampa and sometime during December and we'll have a holiday lunch. We have about a minute left, so thank you so much for being here. Uh, we have a good December planned uh, for our show. We had a couple of great guests. We might be taking a couple of Mondays off because of the way Christmas uh, falls and uh, playing some of our better shows uh, of the past, so there may be some repeats. Maybe we'll have a guest host. I'll, I'll see if Jay Leno's available because he's really good at guest <laughs> hosting. That's, that's how that all started with the, the whole Tonight Show thing. But uh, I did forget to do this at the beginning. Uh, I hope all of our viewers and everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving with their family. Uh, there's one minute left. Uh, the holidays are coming. You know, we were discussing this earlier. So many people in the financial world or in all worlds go, this is the time we can relax. You know, there's not a lot of people buying houses. There's not a lot of people that need mortgages between Thanksgiving and New Year's. It's a very wasted month. And I have found in my career, nothing could be further from the truth. This is the month where people do want to get things done. Sometimes it's for tax purposes Correct. before December 31st. Or, um, this is the time to, to buy a house to get a mortgage, to, to make up your mind, to find a financial planner, to change your career. You know, the two biggest um, New Year's resolutions for the history of time have always been, I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to buy a house. So uh, we're going to see you again next Monday. Nader and I will do that. Uh, get prepared for the holidays. But again, thank you, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family and another one in the can for 62 Who Knew. Thank you, Nader. Thank you. Bye-bye.